Glad you're a part of this series. This is week four of our five-week series on worship. And on Wednesday evenings, Pastor Brad and I have been teaching a class on the theology of worship. And we've been using this definition of worship. It's on the screen behind me. And those of you who like to take notes, it's going to be there throughout the sermon so you can write it down and carry it with you. Some of you who still have memories can memorize it. Some of you who don't have memories can write it down. <laughs> Brent Peterson defines worship as Christian communal worship is the glorification of God and the sanctification of humanity as a divine human event where God offers transformation and healing. And you will remember in the first three weeks of this series that Pastor Brad and I have been talking about some of the dimensions of this particular definition of worship. Because we believe worship to be transforming. We believe worship to be healing. We believe worship to be a divine human event. And we th say thanks be to God for the communal worship setting where we gather together and where we are formed together in the presence of God's Spirit. This morning we explore the transformative and healing work of worship through the lens of Romans chapter 12, verses 1 and 2. And might I just comment that this passage is often preached and taught as instruction to the individual believer. And I would affirm that instruction. It is good instruction to us. Be transformed by the renewing of your mind. No longer conform to the pattern of the world. But here we are this morning to make a different suggestion because I believe the context of the passage may have more for us. It is significant that Paul addresses these wise words to the community. Notice the language. Notice the grammar. Those of you who are grammarians, those of us who are not grammarians, notice the grammar. I urge you, brothers and sisters, is plural. Present your bodies is plural. As living sacrifices is plural. And I would suggest to us this morning that we read these two verses as a call to worship. William Greathouse, reflecting on the significance of worship in these two verses, observes, this suggests the corporate nature of Christian consecration and transformation. They are to present themselves to God as individuals, but their sacrificial offering is a community project a community project. Few of us are ever transformed independently and by ourselves. We are most often transformed in community. It's part of the reason communal worship matters. These two verses offer three distinct initiatives for transform, transformation and healing. 
Number one, offer yourselves or present yourselves. Number two, the possibility of transformation. And number three, knowing the will of God. This morning as we gathered for worship, we came as individuals and yet we embodied the corporate communal worship experience. You came and brought yourself individually to a place where other individuals gathered in the communal space. And so it is you embodied the communal worship moment and experience. We are in our gathering presenting or offering ourselves as living sacrifices. It is critical that we not overlook the gathering aspect of presenting ourselves. Brent Peterson, in his book, Creative Worship, offers striking imagery in describing the work of God to gather the community worship. He sees worship as being shaped by the breath of God. And throughout the Old and New Testament, we see the activity of God's breath in Genesis as God breathed life into created humanity. And in Acts chapter two, as God through the Holy Spirit breathes life and forms the church on the day of Pentecost. The breath of God is life-giving. And Brent Peterson suggests that when God gathers the community, it is the breath of God inhaling. And I love that image. Every Sunday morning, when we prepare for worship, there's a meeting that takes place behind the stage here in a little room we call the green room, and it's not green. but it's a room of preparation. And so all of those involved in the worship service, those participating in the music, those participating in the sound and the live stream and the lighting, those participating in different elements of the service, including the preachers, all gather one more time to review the details, all gather one more time to collaborate and make any minor adjustments necessary in that last moment before worship. And then we pray. And then we sing a benediction as we depart that room. And when I leave that room every Sunday morning, I stop in the hallway back here and through the windows, I watch you arrive. I watch you as you drive in, I watch you as you park. I watch you as you come out of your vehicles and you make your way into the sanctuary. And it blesses me every Sunday morning to see the stream of people as they come. For they have decided sometime in this week or last night or this morning, I'm going to go. I'm going to go be a part of the community. I'm going to go and gather. I'm going to go and present myself. And I love that imagery of that being the breath of God inhaling and drawing us into this place. For it is the breath of God that gathers and gives life to what takes place, even as we arrive. Think about that imagery for a moment. 
as the breath of God inhaling and drawing us in, the breath of God swirling around you and the breath of God moving with you and the breath of God moving with others and making its way in and out among us and gathering us as we greet one another as we arrive, as we greet one another as we enter the sanctuary, as we greet one another in the passing of the peace, the breath of God in its inhaling capacity has brought us to this place. And that is helpful to me because it reminds me that the worship experience in a communal setting is not simply left to the human preparation because the breath of God, the spirit of God has come alongside of us and with us and before us and has waited for us and has gathered us and has shaped us for these moments. Three weeks ago, I observed that you and I are different today than we were a week ago because the Spirit of God is with us. So think about that for a moment. I would encourage you even today, this afternoon, or through this week, my prayer is the Holy Spirit will remind us of this beautiful imagery of the breath of God inhaling and gathering us into this space. Think about it. On any given Sunday morning, we may not feel like much. We may even believe at times we don't have much to offer. Some of us may not even want to be here. We're not sure why we're here, but we came. Some of us may be hurting. We may have been damaged this week. We may be struggling with an addiction but think of what it means to be aware that when we come and when we gather, we do so in the midst of the breath of God. God's inhaling breath, the Ruach of God giving life to what is sometimes for us a dry valley of bones. And God's inhaling, gathering breath welcomes our living sacrifice, the presentation of our lives as we embody the communal worship space and we come, as the song says, just as we are. Wherever we are in the moment of life we're in. And in the breath of God, our living sacrifice is acceptable and we find ourselves being transformed with the hope of healing. And our past of sinfulness is left being left even farther behind and our lives of living sacrifices become more and more like Jesus and God is glorified. Worship is the glorification of God. 
and the sanctification of humanity. Sanctification is simply the work of God's Spirit among us, shaping us ever more to be more and more like Jesus. It's a work that will go on the rest of your life until you breathe your last breath to be ever more transformed and sanctified in the image of Jesus. For it is that second initiative of Paul's two verses is about transformation when he says, do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed. The word for transformed is metamorphosis. It means to go from one kind of a being to another kind of a being, to become different, to become unrecognizably different. Many of us in this room today would testify that there was a time before we knew Jesus Christ that we were different than we are today. Anyone want to testify? And even unrecognizably different, thanks be to God. Corporate worship offers a divine human event that glorifies God and the presentation of ourselves and being present creates the human side of the divine human interaction of communal worship. You chose to be here, most of you. For a few of us, someone said, you're going anyway. Thanks be to God for that person. Joan said to me this morning, you're going anyway. <laughs> no, she didn't. But seriously, thanks be to God for whoever it is that nudged us to be here. Because when we came, we were part of the inhaling breath of God. And think about that. The inhaling breath of God swirls around us, but we also become a part of it. And we become an active part of the inhaling breath of God. Because when the inhaling breath of God swirls around us, it's not something we just are idle about or just are passive about because it is shaping us. It is changing us. It is transforming us. Sometimes even unrecognizably so, but always life-giving and sustaining to us. And your presence today also brings the entire possibility that your presence is life-staining and life-giving to someone else. It may be a handshake, it may be a greeting, it may be a word of encouragement, it may be a moment on the patio after the worship service. It may be, I'm so glad to see you here. The breath of God around us and in us and through us because we took up the human part of that divine human interaction and said, I will be there. I will be present.
And so it is that we are transformed in community with others who are also being drawn by the inhaling breath of God. Friday evening, I worshiped as the Oasis group presented their talent show. Can I, can I just be rude to you for a moment? If you weren't here Friday night, too bad. You missed a very, very special evening. Friday evening, I worshiped as the Oasis group presented their talent show. Scripture was read, solos were played on the piano, on the guitar, songs were sung, dances were displayed, puppets spoke truth to us. And Oasis ministry led me in worship. I said to Joan as we drove away and drove toward home, I, I was inspired tonight. I was touched. I was shaped because the breath of God was in that place. Third, the community project of worship becomes a mean for knowing and doing the work of God. The more and more we become like Jesus, the more and more we no longer conform to the patterns of the world. And we are renewed so that we are competent to test and approve what God's perfect will is. His good and pleasing will. In communal worship, our view of the world has changed. I tell you, we sang a chorus, a song this morning that makes me uncomfortable. When the opening lyric says, we go to war every day. But if you sing that song and you read those lyrics, it juxtaposes really the pattern of the world that we go to war every day and we, we use words of hate and we use actions of hate, but it lays out a different path. It lays out a transformed path in that song. And it says, I wanna see the love. Have you, have you sung the Beatles versions of Jesus Loves Me? Love, love, love. You remember that song? I'm not going to sing it. Don't worry. Pastor Mateo and Lawrence sang it Friday night as the closing song of the Oasis talent show. It's got some pretty good lyrics to it. Love, love, love. All you need is love. When we wonder about what God's good and pleasing will is, it begins with what? Love the Lord your God. Love your neighbor. Walk humbly and do justice. Care for the widow, the orphan, the stranger, the immigrant. Doing God's will requires that we leave the place of worship. We can't stay here. We can't hide here. 
This is a transformative place that prepares us for the will of God that is to occur and take place as we go from this place, as we return to the rest of the week and the rest of our lives. This place may well be a sanctuary, a place of peace, a place that sustains us and revives us and inspires us. But we can't stay here seven days a week, 24 hours a day. We must go. For God's will is to be lived out in the world. And so it is when we go, Brent Peterson suggests that when we go from the communal, communal place of worship, it is the breath of God breathing out. And the breath of God goes ahead of us and goes with us and goes around us and is present with us. And so it is that the breath of God that welcomes us into the place of worship welcomes us out of the place of worship. Why? For the purpose of God's good and pleasing will. For the transformation that occurs and the healing that occurs in the communal place of Christian worship is so that we might engage the world so that it begins to reflect more the kingdom of God. And so we leave the place of corporate worship to love others, to do justice, to care for the marginalized. And we do so in the breath of God. Edwin Hatch wrote a beautiful hymn back in the 1800s, before most of you were born. Listen to these lyrics. Breathe on me, breath of God. Fill me with life anew, that I may love the way you love and do what you would do. Breathe on me, breath of God, until my heart is pure, until my will is one with yours to do and to endure. Breathe on me, breath of God, so shall I never die, but live with you the perfect life for all eternity. Breathe on me, breath of God. Breathe on me as I choose to come to worship, as I choose to participate in the divine human interaction of worship so that the life we live as a community, as a person, as an individual, glorifies God. And so that we are transformed. So may the breath of God transform us so that we become more and more like Jesus, so that we engage the world as a place of God's opportunity. If there is one thing I would hope for us, friends, is that as we go out as part of the breath of God, our worldview is changed. Yes, the world is a place of darkness, but when you go, it is less dark. 